I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. G-A-L-D-E-M. G-A-L-D-E-M. <laughs> this song is good. Hello and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder. And for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie. I'm the head of editorial at Galdem and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up with Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our podcast, Growing Up with Galdem. On this penultimate episode of Growing Up with Galdem for the series. We are joined by the incredible, beautiful and multi-talented human that is Daisy Ifore, who is just someone whose energy completely lights up any room that she is in. So she has a career that kind of spans many, many things as an arts broadcaster, as a writer, and also runs a cultural consultancy and is the host um, of many, many shows and documentaries for places like NTS and the World Service, as well as her very own show, Palm Wine. And very excitingly, and I'm sure that she will tell us a little bit more about that later in the show, Zazy is working on a photography project with Turner Prize winning artist Liz Johnson Arthur and is heading to Senegal to make a series of arts documentaries for the BBC World Service in the spring of 2021, which we are excited to see. So hello. Thanks for joining us. 
Hello. Um, thank you for that beautiful intro. I cannot believe this is the penultimate episode of Growing Up With Galdem. I feel like, wow. <laughs> it's a moment. I feel very like, my God, it's very Mariah for me right now. <laughs> beautiful way to end the series. Yeah, it is a really strong way to end the series for sure. How have the past few months been for you and, and, and what's been sort of keeping you busy at the moment? I mean, the past few months have been, I feel like, pretty gruelling. I feel like I went into the pandemic kind of in very like overdrive survival mode of like, right, I'm going to stay well. It's fine. Like, you know, and I was very like, yeah, I just was on a very, I was trying to just throw everything at being well. You know, I felt like, Obviously, I, I mean, it's under a pandemic is probably going to bring out the health anxiety in anyone. But for me, it really was just like survive, like and thrive. I was like, especially because, you know, um, as Black people, we know that I didn't need the statistics to know that this was going to hit us harder. You know, the the everyday realities of racism are they literally there's a term for it. It's called weathering. It takes its toll on your body, and I've you know seen that in. Um, you know, very close to home, the effects of <laughs> living with systemic racism and, and, you know, how that can be very damaging to your health. So I was very much like, ah, I'm very proactive and it was very creative time for me. But I think, you know, there's no way of escaping that this is a global trauma. <laughs> you can't, you can't outrun it. You can't outwork it. You can't out um, yoga with Adrian it or whatever it is. <laughs> you just can't. Like, um, and I just feel like, you know, the quieter time of winter kind of gave way to just really sitting with just the, the, the upheaval of this year. You know, I think it's, it's been a lot, but equally, I think there's, that's, that's the beauty of life is that time for both, you know, the duality of upbeat, going for it, and then also real reflection and taking stock and, you know, quietening down. So it's been a, it's been an interesting time because, yeah, I just felt like very, um, yeah, very overwhelmed. <laughs> like, just glad to, it's been grueling. I'm just glad to get to the end of this year and very grateful for all the support of like friends, family, like all the good things, the love, you know? Yeah. I haven't heard of that term weathering before. That's a new one mm. for me. It's really serious. Um, you know, it's, that's the reason why black women are like five times more likely to die in childbirth. It's extremely, it's not a joke, you know, and st- all health professionals will tell you that stress is the killer. And of course, living in a racist society is living with a kind of constant low level stress and at times higher level stress, you know, it's a lot and it takes its toll on your body. And so um, I think that, you know, especially, yeah, having experienced things in my own personal life with loved ones, I just really was like, you know, the adage health is wealth is not a joke, you know. As black people, I think we really have to try our best to replenish ourselves as much as we can. And that's really what went into overdrive with me, you know, particularly because this was not a year of reckoning for anyone black. It wasn't a reckoning for me. You know, all the things that this year has supposedly exposed, we've lived with. So that was not news to me. But what was news was a bit of time and space to prioritise well-being. But, you know, capitalism caught up with me, work caught up with me. 
<laughs> Literally. As it does, as it does. People are going to be kind of listening to this, I guess, at the moment when we're entering the new year. And I think so often we kind of make these grand and often unattainable and unachievable plans that make us feel horrible um, about ourselves lists and I'm going to go to the gym and do all of this stuff. But is there anything, any kind of gentle approaches or things that you have been reflecting on, I guess, in the past kind of couple of months that you want to take into the next year and I guess the rest of your life? Yes, definitely. For me, this part of why I feel like the past few months have been a bit tricky because I think I wasn't going into overdrive or, or as I say, override mode where I'm just like, I override the anxiety or whatever it is that's stressing me out. I just made space to sit with things. And um, for me, I was reading um, Audre Lorde, Sister Outsider, which is just a brilliant collection of essays. And one in particular that I've been really meditating on in this time is uh, is about the erotic and in in Audrey's kind of sense, it's not about um, what you might imagine. It's nothing to do with, you know, X-rated websites or erogenous zones per se. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's part of it, you know, because that's part of, you know, living a fully fledged life. But it's more about uh, something about tuning into your own gut and your own sense of self, this sense of really having a deep feeling for things and like tuning into yeah, just something deeper. And so, and listening to yourself is part of that. So this, she sort of talks about this idea of like being able to truly say it feels right to me and, and living in a kind of intuitive way and the, and the liberation that, that, that brings. So that's really what I'm, I've been meditating on. And in that, in, in kind of that way, um, while thinking of the programs that I'm going to make next year and things like that, I've just been trying to allow things to unfurl and to be curious about things rather than trying to, which is my default response at a time of great uncertainty is try to like list, you know, I love, I love stationery. I love a list. I love a planner. I'm trying to like map everything out and, and try and create a certainty. It's just to say, hon, one hoof in front of the other, just clip clop and, <laughs> and be curious. Just be curious, one hoof at a time. It's literally my daily kind of thing because this is news to me, you know, to try and let go. Mm-hmm. I love That's that a- one hoof in front of one, the other. <laughs> one hoof at a time, babe, clip clop. That's it. Holiday season, great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, okay, great. Well, if you are, if you're ready, we would love for you to read out the um, little extract that you shared and then we'll. We'll get into it. So this is from Friday, the 31st of December, 1999. That's right, kids. It's the turn of the millennium. Zazie is 15 and here we are. (laughs) Um, Today's the day. I rushed out in the morning to Oxford Circus. Didn't see much. Bought stars for my eyes. Got trained from Bank to Lewisham. Dashed to River Island. Empty. Nah. Five minutes till shopping centre closes. Ah! Ran to Mark One, bought top and skirt. Lovely. Phew! Okay, at church. V excited, couldn't wait. Would we die from the millennium bug? Went upstairs. (laughs) 12 a.m. Hugged everyone. A bit disappointing. (laughs) And that's... This is actually genuinely one of my favourite extracts ever. That's so brilliant. <laughs> it just captures so much and, and like just even the kind of references to like MK1. Like I don't think that shop exists anymore. Like literally, um shout out to Mark One and Clothing Club and Risky and all the places. Oh my god, that I've Risky! Bought- 
risking <laughs> all the places that I bought my stretch jeans in multicolored cues um, yes, from yesteryear. Um, yeah, I just love it because it really is like, it just, for me, okay, first of all, I didn't want to, you know, we've had a rough year. I don't think anyone needs to be hearing the woe is me angst. Also, I actually didn't really have angst as a teenager that much, to be honest. But it it really is like, it's just that impatience of youth, you know, like, it's just like very, like, <laughs> very staccato like empty now nah, okay lovely few okay a bit disappointed like it was like and it really was like an anti-climax I remember I really <laughs> thought we were gonna like something's gonna happen stockpiling water um and just just it's incredible to just to think about how much has changed in those 20 years like technologically societally you know this was 1999 there was no social media um you know, snakes on a Nokia 3210 was the height of, you know, wow, entertainment, technological <laughs> entertainment on the go. And now we walk around with computers like it's, yeah. It really, it really does make you think about how much has changed and like in terms of technology, but also just like in the way in which we, we move around London and, and the way in which we live our lives. Like, um, I feel like if this was written in today's world, it wouldn't be so much I rushed out to it would be like I went on ASOS and then I bought and then like me and my friends were like on Zoom and like we do you know what I mean? It was, <laughs> oh my god. Literally. <laughs> oh my god, right. But also like also church was a huge cornerstone of my life, you know, growing up. Um and just, you know, it was my fa- it was my catwalk as well, you know. So this is where the frenziedness of gotta find the look because listen, if I'm going to meet my maker, if the rapture's coming, if anything's happening, I need to be going in a look. And like <laughs> church was so important to me. Mm. It was a place of real community. I just, you know, it was a different world. Like this was my club, you know, this was so just yeah like just that feeling of like gotta have the outfit for church, gotta be on point, like got to the panic it was real <laughs> and and I mean for those of you who who don't know Zazy but are listening Zazy's looks are iconic the dressing is iconic very bright and sunshiny and smiley and just makes you very very happy so I guess it's no surprise that at 15 you were zip zapping around and thinking like what was the look that you were going to roll into church with <laughs> I love that um what were you what were you like as a as a 14 15 year old you said that you you kind of skipped the teenage angst which we love because I was very deep in the teenage angst at 14 you? yeah well you know the thing is just like I sort of said about this yeah it catches up with you so I had angst in my 20s <laughs> um but I didn't have it as a teenager no I I'm um, I think like I said like church and my community was a big part of that I felt very rooted and solid and I just had my own like you know I grew up kind of in in worlds of that my community had created so it kind of felt like like I was in this kind of beautiful iridescent bubble so a protection you know so my mom had uh she had a tech an, an African textile business that she ran from home I had church we're very embedded in the Nigerian community the soccer community in London so this really like these were like my what these were like different worlds that you you almost weren't it, like I wasn't even in England you know in some ways and then you had the block you know playing out all of that and so so teenage Daisy was very creative um, artistic clothes you know was my life as per usual still to this day I love clothes 
clothes, music. I was obsessed with the Neptunes and Timberland. And I used to spend a lot of time on the Star Trek forum, which was, again, you know, this is pre-social media. So yeah, a, a web page was, you know, it could, if you, you could do a lot with a web page and a forum was the real place where you could find other like minds. And it used to like blow my mind that like, I could be messaging someone in like, LA who had bumped into like Timberland in a mall or because they're in America you know like they've got different um airplay promo schedules so the songs would come out there first and I just remember being like you know I'd find out like oh my god like you know my friend in New York or my friend in like Atlanta had told me that Britney's just done a song with the Neptunes and it's called Slave for You and I like knew about music and like these new tunes like you know the thrill of like knowing about this stuff like four months before your friends was like oh my god so I um, it was super exciting. Like I was, you know, obsessed with everything, obsessed with butterfly clips, obsessed with putting Dax in my hair, <laughs> obsessed with coordinating with my best friend, color coordinating, um, and just feeling um, very content. <laughs> I love that. That was a, a very important part of my life with one of my earlier best friends was like, yeah, coordinating the like ribbons that we'd put in our hair. Yes. Obviously we'd have it slicked down and then there were the like the laces and then there were the like tops from Primark, and it was a whole production. Babe, double dressing. <laughs> Listen, this was my life. Like it would be call her up on the landline and say, "What are you wearing? <laughs> okay, are we going to do the pink trouser?" Because uh, we literally had almost like matching wardrobes. So we, I used to wear like stretch jeans, and I had every single color, like every color of the rainbow. <laughs> stretch jeans. If I was feeling into it, I might have the coordinating denim jacket. And then, yeah, you'd have like a series of like black and white tops, like vest tops, and we'd have black and white dolly shoes that matched. So it'd be like, okay, we'll do pink trouser, white top, and white dolly shoe today. Then the next day, it's like, and it was like a whole thing. <laughs> it was oh, like, this is making me so nostalgic. Literally. So nostalgic and like, right you know, now. the joke of it is that what I really love about that time is just like you just oh my god I feel like 800 years old saying this but it's like you really didn't need anything like we would get dressed up to go and parade around the ends <laughs> like we weren't doing <laughs> we didn't have anywhere to go we weren't doing anything but it was just about hanging out being seen you know which is huge as a teenager you want to be seen and just busting joke with each other it was so wholesome like we're that my best friend since I was nine we're still best friends to this day um and it's just like it's beautiful like it is just yeah just pure joy busting joke like literally crying with laughter all the time yeah go go yeah. on the bus and sit down me too. Simple, like real simple pleasures. Like we go and go into town, go to Chocadero and just like laugh at stuff, like nothing. And I, I wonder, like, I've thought about that in the past before as well. This is a bit of a deep, <laughs> deeper question, but like what happens to that, that ability just to like, to laugh like that? Like, I just, I, I want to know where it goes. Cause obviously every now and then with certain friends, especially with my equivalent to your best friend who I've known since that age, she still brings yeah, that out of me. Yeah, shout out. Shout out, besties. But <laughs> Let's shout them out. Shout out to Emily Bacosi and all the Bacosi sisters. Like, honestly, <laughs> honestly, it's something that is so beautiful. Like, it, I think life can beat it out of you, you know, and worry can do that. But I do know from older relatives in my family, shout out to my dad, um, that it comes back. My dad, you know, uh, God rest his soul. Like he, um, <laughs> he could, he would laugh at his own jokes. Like before he'd even finished telling the joke, whatever it was, he was <laughs> busting up and like just that ability to just 
be liked in life. I think, you know, we're, I think the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, maybe, I'm not sure, you know, see, cross that bridge when I get to it. I think those get a bit knobbly. And then after that, you just calm down, like, and I think it comes back. Um, and you just got to try yeah, and I like that. keep close to the things that help you to, you know, remember that part of yourself that you don't need much like in lockdown for me you know we were in the group chat me and the Emily and the sisters busting you know it was like the same the same as always busting joke and you remember you don't need much and you're still that person you know you're still that person um before the world said you have to do xyz and happiness is xyz you're still that person it's there Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. That's lovely. Yeah, that is lovely. We gotta laugh, guys. We have to laugh. We have to laugh. Try and keep your spirit light, you know? Not mm-hmm. to be all, you know, um <laughs> I don't even know who the latest new age woman is, but <laughs> be or Ian Levanzan or whoever. But we got to, you have to. Mm, it's important. You spoke a little bit earlier about like the importance of like friends and stuff that you met online. And I feel like for so many of us, we had these like like identities that started to be shaped through the online world, but like in a very different way to how it happens 
now, I guess, in a sense. I had, like, boyfriends that I only knew through MSN and stuff. Oh my God. And, and then you meet them and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is not what I thought it was going to be <laughs> at all. Um, but no, on a, on a serious note, I just wanted to, to get a bit more of a sense of, like, what that kind of online space meant for you in terms of cultivating friendships and like discovering yourself and the things that fill you up and that you enjoy? I mean, as a teenager, I have to say, not very much because um again it was pre-social media. So these were for me, this these were just like these were like my sources to be honest. It was more like I was like this kind of entertainment CNN. Got it, got it. And I had my, <laughs> my I had my New York correspondent I could go and cross-reference with. They weren't really like my friends' friends. I I had a lot of friends in real life, like, thank God, you know, I had, because I had all these community portals. I had the church. So all of us kids in the church, you know, in Pentecostal church with our overbearing parents, <laughs> like, you know, browbeaten Nigerian kids. Um, you know, there was a, that's a huge community. And uh, then I had like growing up people on the block playing out and then, yeah, being, um, my parents are Nigerian. I'm Isoko, which is a tribe in the in the Delta region of Nigeria, where all the oil is in the south. Um, you know, being one of the smaller tribes, I think there's a, a real strong sense of identity. You know, it's a bit like small dogs. You know, they bark really loud. So I grew up very heavily embedded in my Isoko community. My mum is a member of a number of community groups. Um, we would be going to hall parties every weekend, you know, the look. Again, me and my mom would be double dressing. I always had sort of mini versions of whatever she I love was that. wearing. Yeah, <laughs> I was called her handbag <laughs> because Aww. I went everywhere with her, every function. I was my mom's plus one all the time and it was fab. So my real sense of community was very IRL. And for me, actually, when I first got MySpace, I think I was 19. That was the first time of this idea of connecting with different people and I found that really weird my best friend at the time my partner in crime at the time um Kesh shout out to Kesh who's still very close um she was more of that MSN kind of generation like I had MSN but it was to talk to people I knew um and I just remember being like really weirded out that like oh my god it's like these are people like what is going on because my face because you had a proper profile it was it was like you could forge real friendships and you're like wow like those trainers are sick or you know like I like the way that you put that together or like oh my god your profile's wrong <laughs> but I'm very IRL I have to say it's always been very IRL I'm still in that kind of analog you know even to this day I find insta a bit like I can't get down with it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that makes sense I love that you were like you were using that that online space as like pre Zazie the reporter and journalist that we know now but like you were doing it then literally I was like babe I have it on good authority you know there's a new Timberland album dropping it's going to be some features from you know stay tuned okay watch this space more news soon (laughs) (laughs) we were also curious like I guess um about again going back to our extract about this this moment in time this turn of the millennium Liv and I would have only been about six or seven at, oh my at god point. and so <laughs> no I was, fi- I was five you five oh my god in 99 oh no I would have been turning six in- yeah turning six yeah. and I, I would have just turned seven I remember I, I do have memories so I, was, I was living in London at that point I remember my dad telling me that they were going to set the Thames on fire and like they ne- and it never happened and I was so disappointed <laughs> same I thought we were going to be like raptured. I thought this was going to be <laughs> yeah. like 
right yeah let's go guys <laughs> but I just thought it was so funny that that thing of you you saying that you were a bit disappointed about about nothing happening there was no millennium bug but like did, at the time do you remember you know with your friends friends and with your family and was there genuine fear was there genuine excitement about this turn of the millennium me and my friends I think we were very like oh my god like what is going to happen I think my mom you know being the fervent Christian that she is god bless her uh you know they were very unshakable that you know it was you know our church was very I don't know, they need to kind of very grandstand. <laughs> like, so I feel like there was this sense of whatever's coming, you know, if you're on the right side, if you're good with God, it's all going to be all right. There was a sort of forthrightness about it. Um, but I remember really thinking like, yeah, it was like two worlds. So the outside world is a lot of scaremongering on the news, stockpiling water and panicking. But in the in at home and in the church, it was very much like, you know, if you're good with God, it's all going to be all right. Like, but I, I duly thought that it was going to be like, psh, it's going to be different. Like we're going to, it's going to either be like the tribe where it's this post-apocalyptic or we're going to be like gone, like raptured somewhere. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I feel you like um, I, there has been, this pandemic has felt relatively apocalyptic. Like let's not lie. It's too much. It was when, Honestly. it was when the locust storms came in, in like, <laughs> Like, please, God, we're sorry. It's enough. (laughs) Are you still, um, you know, an active participant in the church? Like, what does your kind of church community look like these days? Not to be like the uncles who would church dodge when my mom was evangelizing, but I do believe it's for me, it's about faith and it's in your heart. So for um, I, 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 um, yeah, moving out of home at 19, that that was the big kind of escape for me, um, my break with Rome, as it were. And so I stopped going to church formally. I found it also like, I just found like the principles of it, a firm foundation to carry on in terms of giving you a sense of hope and fortitude. And, you know, this, especially when you're young and black, you know, it, it was a real balm for me to be able to almost appeal to a higher sense of justice, you know. There's things mm. out of control in my life, but I can pray. The The comfort and the solace that prayer gave me really did a lot for me growing up. But, um, yeah, in terms of, like, organised religion, some of the kind of, particularly going up in a, <laughs> in a Pentecostal Nigerian church where, you know, it was just too much. You know, our pastors say, ah, parents, do not allow your children to watch Harry Potter. They'll be flying in the night. Like, you know, there was so much mm. kind of scepticism mm. about, like, culture and all the things that I love so for me kind of going to a a formalized church like that was too restrictive I wanted to just do my own thing and to this day you know I pray I'm grateful to God for my life and I have faith and I'm also like I also see having gotten older and experienced you know different things you know you see the function that religion can play in giving you a structure and a framework to deal with difficult times whether it's like bereavement and those rituals that really help you survive but um there's a convoluted way of saying i pray sometimes but i don't go to church <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i i so i grew up in like a buddhist household so my mum's oh, been wow. practicing, practicing buddhism for 30 years and same with my auntie her twin sister and like all of my kind of extended aunties as well got lots of these black buddhist um, aunt, and I call myself like a sometimes Buddhist, I guess, nice. in the sense nice. that, you know, I, I it's it's not that it's the same, but um, I, I believe in the kind of principles and the practices deeply. And 
chanting is like a massive source of comfort. Like, the, like you said, this like ritual, the ritual of that is very soothing. If I'm stressed or anxious, you know, those will be things that I will go to. Obviously, could also be an ongoing thing, not just when you're <laughs> stressed and anxious. But I think it's okay to 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 pick and 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 shape and and use the parts of it that feel like they're gonna benefit or hold value to you at that point. I 100% agree to be honest and I think even actually you know studying religion at school you know it's very much like one of the things that really struck a chord with me was when we learned about the New Testament and this idea that Jesus was trying to show that it's about the spirit of the law not the letter and so I mean I really took that reading that at 13 or whatever it was very much licensed now that I don't have to be dogmatic I don't have to do what the pastor is saying to the letter which you know, got me a reputation as being rebellious, but okay. But that it's about the spirit. It's about what's in your heart. And, you know, I really took that thing to heart. There was like a parable of, you know, the, the people who were gambling in church. So it's like, yeah, you're in church all day, but what are you doing? So for me, it's really about, yeah, your actions and your intentions, you know, it's liberating to think like that. When you, when you said, um, you bought stars for your eyes in the, in the, um, in the extract, did, was that just like, was that like an accessory or was that? A yeah. Thing? Was... I think like glitter stars. Yeah. Like, oh. I was like, I was like, was this like some like, I don't know, pop culture magazine or something that Oh my I, God. Can I you missed? imagine? Um, no, no, they're literal stars. I was, I still am actually huge on accessories. So, but yeah, butterfly clips, stars for the eyes, just, you know, zhuzh, any way that I can zhuzh. zhuzh. Yeah. I, Actually, that was one of my favourite uh, panda uh, lockdown purchases. I bought some really fab Linda Farrow sunglasses with stars in the actual eyes. So, st- twenty years later, yeah. still, still carrying on, hun. Aww. I'd love to hear a bit more about this photography project that you've got coming up at the moment as well. Well, I can't actually talk very much about. That. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, it's you know, it's kind of under wraps until, um, well, till it's till we put it out but um it's just like do you know what's crazy about Liz is that I met Liz probably about well exactly 13 years ago um so this is when I would first started kind of broadcasting I was on E4 and E4 music and also was DJing um I used to DJ with with Kesh and we'd travel all right like tour all around Europe and we were profiled in the fader and Liz was the photographer for that piece and she took our picture I think we were strutting down like Oxford Street or something like that and yeah I don't even know if we ever saw the magazine but um like three years ago I went to a young father's gig at the roundhouse and we were like backstage oh that's that's my, my dad's back. My dad uh, managed them. Yeah, no way! Shout out to your dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I went so, and then afterwards, backstage after the show, it was an amazing show. So shout out to your dad. They've they've done amazing. Um, shout out to them. Um, after the uh, backstage after the show, like this woman came up to me and was like, "I took your picture," and I was like, "What?" And she's like, "Yeah, I took your picture." Um, uh, for the fader and like, it's because I've been going through my archives and I saw it give me your email I'll email you and I like we got talking and yeah I was like oh my god I remember that anyway she sent it to me it turns out we live close to each other and so we started kind of just having kind of regular coffees meetings just just hanging out and sharing stories like um and yeah it's kind of just given way to working together which is really great because she's just an incredible artist and and it's really beautiful to see that she's kind of getting this long overdue recognition. Again, it's just that testament of staying true, doing doing your own thing, walking marching to the beat of your own drum and kind of creative autonomy, the things that 
I've always tried to sort of hold steadfast to. Um, and like last year, she had an amazing, uh, her first solo exhibition at the South London Gallery that I also worked on some of the programming with, with her. And it was incredible. Like she she used it so beautifully to platform so many amazing emerging black British artists. I just, yeah, she's incredible. So that's my like moment, but I can't talk too much about what we're working on for next year. Sorry. But we were excited anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's, I can say that it's very much in the vein of like, I feel like what a lot of my work has tried to do is celebrate and amplify culture and the things that are important to me, my communities, um, whether it's like Palm Wine Club was inspired by growing up um yeah with my mom going to all these Nigerian meetings and community parties celebrating our heritage our traditional culture and togetherness um and just the sense of strength that gave like you know these meetings you it's like you they were like clubs like you pay your dues and there were support systems you know um like everyone talks about mutual aid now but this is like this is a it, this was like an informal organic version of that so if someone had lost a parent back home you know the meeting would club together and pay for your flight back home and someone from the meeting would go with you to help bury your loved one and just real support you know and it's only really as an adult that I can just take on board what a lifeline these alternate worlds that I existed in growing up have been and so I feel like all of my work as a broadcaster and beyond is about yeah, fostering that community, celebrating that community and and um, our culture and the things that keep us strong, really. Mm-mm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, you are beautiful inside and out. Finally, I would love to know if there is any kind of advice or anything that you wish this like community-driven full of energy strutting down Oxford Street, 15-year-old Zazie <laughs> um, should have known? Is there anything that you wish that you had known? I feel like it, I don't know if it's wished I could have known, but what I could wish I could inject into her is just even more conviction and belief. Like, just keep going. Stay tr- all the things that, you know, all the things that you're into are things that are their lifelines it's not you're not wasting time being obsessed with music or being obsessed with clothes and all these things or tv like tv every single thing I've been obsessed in I've worked in tv spent all my life watching sister sister and Moesha growing up and my mum would be like you know well if Moesha was sitting down watching Moesha like you are there wouldn't be any Moesha and I this was is like, what my grandma used to say to me and I was like <laughs> right. yo <laughs> like, I'm 12, can I live? Or, But all the things I was obsessed with, I ended up being on TV and I was like, how, how do you like that now, mom? <laughs> Music, working in A&R, DJing, you know, clothes, you know, writing about fashion. And, you know, one of my first jobs in magazines was a fashion editor for this style mag called Super Super. So I would just say, stay close to the things that make you feel strong, you know? It, you're you're not wrong and these are lifelines like culture for me to this day is my lifeline it makes reminds me I'm a human being makes me feel alive makes me feel energized makes me feel joyful makes me feel like I exist in this world so yeah stay close to that and um yeah keep your spirit strong because I think that's yeah that's what I think this world particularly as a young black woman tries to beat out of you you know a sense of self-determination a sense of self and a sense of autonomy they you know um and so uh, that's 
that's what I'd say to her. And just keep with the looks, babe. Do you know what I mean? It's very important. Glamour all the time. Keep giving us a strong look. And it's what I'd say to anyone now, you know, stay close to the things that make you feel strong. Identify what they are and hang on to them because these things are charging you up and you need it. Be obsessed. That's been the secret to every door that's open to me in life is obsession, being into stuff, feeling it. But just one final question for you. I was just wondering, what do you think your younger self would think about where you are now? I don't know. I think there's two sides. I think on one hand, she'd be like, oh my God, sick. You've got so much cool stuff. Like, because <laughs> I'm still like, I've always been a collector. So to this day, like, um, to this day, I still have like all the things that I was obsessed with as a teenager. I've got tons of it. Old school Moschino records, things like everything. You know, I was into like Japanese street where there's a shop called Super Lovers that I was very obsessed with as a teenager. You know, as soon as I had the means as an adult, I was scouring eBay for those rare vintage finds. So I think she would be like, oh, my God, sick. You have everything. Cool. Yeah, I think she'd, yeah, I think she'd be excited about all my stuff, to be honest. All, all my knickknacks, all my shoes and clothes and accessories. She'd be wild with that. All the books, um, all the things I've collected over the years. And I think she'd just be, yeah, she'd be like, oh, my God, cool. Like, I think I'm the cool auntie that I, I, I wanted as a kid. But that said... I have to shout out my sisters. I had two older sisters um, who, who were my cool, like they were like almost like parents, it was like having three moms, you know, they were my cool aunties. They were the ones who, you know, when I was into Hello Kitty at 12, they were the ones taking me to Chinatown to buy it and do all this stuff and take me to the cinema, open up my world, you know, open up my world to Wagamamas, which is like extremely exotic at 11. As an 11 year old from South London going into town and, oh my God, there's a restaurant where you sit on huge long benches and you get this massive bowl of like, noodles in like water like what the hell is this like you know this was wow to me just other cultures it's my sisters that I have to give credit to Bridget and Sylvia who really opened up my whole world I'm glad to be that kind of big sister to to other younger people now show the cool stuff I have three goddaughters and yeah I'm like you know always trying to funnel they're only small they're like the the eldest two are five but I'm like can't wait to get them on a skateboard can't wait to get them into like DJing can't wait to get them into like making clothes like things (laughs) (laughs) yeah gorgeous gorgeous well thank you for joining us it's been an absolute treat it's been beautiful um couldn't have thought of a better conversation or person to speak to (laughs) on my last day um it's been lovely it's been lovely it's, oh, thank you so much for having me, and just salute and congratulations to you both. I mean, what would you use? What do you think your younger selves would say to you guys now? Because you're still so young and have done so much. Goodness, I think <laughs> I think uh, I think they'd be gassed, wouldn't they? Love, they'd be, uh, you know. Yeah, I think they'd be gassed. It's it's beyond beyond our wildest dreams, really, and yeah. It's beautiful. Like every job I've ever had, I did, you know, I didn't really know it was a job before I did it, you know, didn't know what A&R was. I mean, I knew magazines could be a job, but I didn't think so, you know, someone like me, (laughs) you don't think there's room for you in those worlds. So it's very, um, it's beautiful. And just, I'm excited for the future of Galdem. I'm excited for the future of Liv and I'm excited for a new bloody year. Roll on 2021. Yes. Bring on 2021. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 2020, the evil you have done is enough, please. Enough. <laughs> <Back to> please. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. 
that was lovely. I think whenever I talk to Zazie, I like I I I end up with feeling kind of like full of energy. I bumped into her on the beach in Margate like two months ago and like just knew that my whole day was gonna be full of joy and laughs and we sat and we spoke and yeah, she's just a very kind of comforting, interesting, exciting person to be around. So it was it was really lovely to have a conversation which felt full of joy and laughter and happiness after the year that we've had. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like you've nailed it. Um, <laughs> I think that it, for me, the, the most special thing was just hearing her very distinct memories of that turn of the millennium. I just think that was so cool to like hear about. Um, and and made me the whole conversation I think out of maybe even all of the conversations we had made me feel the most nostalgic for that those special moments of friendship and childhood and I was thinking about one of my oldest best friends Roxy and the way we used to try and coordinate our clothes and all that kind of stuff growing up in Scotland so yeah (laughs) literally what the hell I remember my friend Raven being really big into that and she was the only friend who was and she like I feel like she really made me like cool or feel like I was really cool because she was really fucking cool and when we became friends I was really not cool um and yeah and she she'd be like coordinating and suggesting you know what we should wear and that sort of thing love those absolute simpler times of being of existing of just being young and and kind of full of joy and like you said we have to we have to find ways to hold on to that so Thank you so much to everyone for listening. It has been a pleasure. This has been uh, Growing Up With Galdem season two with me, Liv and Charlie. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. And also if you want to support independent journalism, uh, in a landscape that is tricky, tough to navigate, then please do sign up to become a Galdem member from as little as $4.99 a month or less. Thank you and goodbye. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review, rate us and subscribe. It really helps the show. And if you'd like to find out more about Galdem, you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine. That's G-A-L-D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.